0: Heavenly Father, we trust you in every situation, God. You can make a way in every situation. When we don't have an answer, you got an answer, God. Let us trust you, especially in those moments, Lord God, where we can't go anywhere else. Let's go to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you guys. You guys can be seated. So glad that you guys are here. Just honored honored you guys are here good morning good morning good morning if you're a guest here thank you for being here today just and if you're online thank you for being online with us we have a whole team uh, over in the Dominican Republic Haiti border right now yeah so be praying for them be praying for them they they are also at church like we are they're at a village right now and I just pray more than anything these moments like this I was telling my daughter you're gonna see your faith in action I told her. I said, these moments when you're out of your norm, you'll see how Christ's love can change lives. You'll see how the church moves and how the, in, in your obedience, like people will be like just shaken. They'll be healed. There, we have a medical team there. We have we have a church advancement team there. It's, it's going to be a good time. I can't wait to hear their stories. Amen? Amen. Amen. Very excited. Also, we're doing. We are on 21 days of prayer and fasting. For the first 21 days of October, we are seeking the face of God. And if you have not joined yet, I want to ask you to join. Get in on it. I know fasting is hard. It's hard. It's supposed to be. It's a denial of yourself. And saying, God, I, I tell myself in moments, I say, God, right now, I want you more than, uh, than, my, than food. I want you more than how I feel. I, I want you are sacrificing taking something out of your life and taking that time and focusing on God. You don't just take something out, put something into that. Don't just take something out of your life. Put prayer into that. If you need to wake up an hour earlier, do that. If you want to need to set apart time where you're away from whatever, everything, and just say, This is my moment with you. For 21 days, I'm I I am going to just man push myself aside. I'm gonna just God, I'm going to consecrate myself. Say the word consecrate. Yeah, that's, a, that's one of those Christian words, but it's very, very important. Very important. Saying, I'm setting myself apart for you. That's what it means. Like we consecrate ourselves in marriage. We consecrate ourselves to our children. But, but we need to consecrate ourselves and teach people how to say, my life belongs to you. And, the, and I, in the fasting, there's, there's amazing things happen in fasting and praying but also when you're praying fasting there's going to be there is a spiritual realm that does not like it there will be quite a bit of attack in your life I, i'm like i know i'm praying and fasting because my week was insane that's just how it goes but i i was anticipating the crazy and uh, and finding peace because god is the way maker even through those moments we have no idea what to step into next i really believe we, it, obedience, obedience is really important for us. So today, we are going through a new series, and I, I just want to thank Paul last week for sharing uh, and his story, teaching us. Hey, give Paul, give Paul a hand. I know teaching and speaking is not easy, and uh, and just uh, it, you kind of just leave your. If you're honest, you kind of just leave yourself vulnerable up there. And, uh, and that's what we needed. We need to hear Paul's story about how God has uh, moved uh, through his father into his life to create a, a legacy. That's what I, that was one of the big things I took away from it. That even though we struggle, we can still leave a legacy. Even though we made a mistake, God can still use us, prepare us, and set up the next generation. But the, the series we're going into, they're going to put it up. It's called Emotionally healthy spirituality. Say emotionally healthy spirituality. I almost called it in my feelings, but uh, most people wouldn't have got that. Well, some of you guys, right? Uh, But uh, also I was thinking about emo church. And then some of us like in our 20s, 30s and 40s really. (laughs) Do you guys remember emo? Anyone remember emo? The weird spiky hair? the dark clothes, and you you tell people, look how different I am, but everyone looks the same in your group, that's what I used to think, I'm like, yeah, you look different like everyone else in your group, Uh, and I always thought that was funny, but just emo church, you remember emo fashion, right, I don't know if it's still in style, but I remember like sitting in my car in high school, or maybe it was college, listening to My Chemical Romance, and it's screaming, I'm not okay, right? I don't know. <laughs> what do you did. I don't know if you were into, like, dashboard confessional or the fray. And You know, a lot of Coloradans were in, into the fray, right? Crying in your room, lost and insecure. You found me, right? But emo was a part of this culture. But emo is a part of all of us. We all have emotions. Even Asians, they have emotions. I mean it, right? Yeah, they're like... Boo! right we have healthy emotions and all of us we have unhealthy emotions because we g- have gone through life we have gone through some bumps and bruises and some of us we were taught uh, and 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 this happens you suck it up man suck it up Rico emotions are fake you tell your emotions what to do right just control it hide it forget about it man up bro man up I, I've been told man up so many times I'm like okay right <laughs> The emotions, like my dad would tell me things like that, don't let your emotions lie to you. I'm like, okay, dad, but I'm really mad at you. That's a lie, right? <laughs> I don't know. I, but, but what if long-term, and, and think with me here for a moment, that as we are shutting this part of our life down over and over again, and it happens in our business, it happens in cultures, and it happens in life, what if it's hurting us long-term? Developing in us, and these are things you will notice right away, anxiety. Is anxiety heightened in these days? Fear, sadness, depression, emptiness, a lack of resolution. I think that's huge. I think some of us, we live in this moment and we feel this lack of resolution in us. What if really this pushing down of emotions, it's not being manning up, but it's really immaturity. Think about that for a moment. I believe God is a better way for us. I believe so. To bring health into our lives. See, I, I, I've been going through this uh, this process for a while, like really trying to deal with some of the deep things in us. Because some of us, we all have stories, right? You guys have a story. I have a story. Sorry, it's super hot. I can't wear this wool. You know, it's all around. supposed to breathe And uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> but I, I was, I've, I've been going through a bunch of things about uh, the soul, how the Bible speaks of the soul. This is another book called Emotionally Healthy Church. But there's a book I want you to read called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro. I think it is one of those foundational books that you guys can read. But uh, what if God has a better way for our emotions to bring health to our lives, our relationships, our work rhythms, right, our identities, our past, when you keep on asking your questions, why am I so unfulfilled, or why do I feel empty, why do do we just continue down that road and and not actually go get some resolution from the word of God, right? A healthy way to view emotions. This is the journey we're going on, like it or not, this is the way we're going, right? I wanted to do this uh, probably a year ago, but I, I felt like it wasn't time for that. I felt, you see that emotion word, right? But can we, as a church, Bring health to our lives and the lives around us by going deeper, allowing God to get to the deep parts of our life. Not just our disciplines. Oh, oh, if I just do my disciplines, then God, then then everything will be taken care of. If I can just say the right things, then everything will be taken care of. What if God gave you emotions on purpose? On purpose. And it's a beautiful part of you. And, And we allow God into the deep parts, our pain, our past, our failures, right? And sometimes many of us, we got to unlearn as much as we learn today, giving God full access to who we are. What if emotional health and spiritual health are inseparable? Think about that for a moment. Some of us feel totally spiritually mature, but are you emotionally mature? Are you emotionally mature? And before I jump in, and uh, more than ever before, I think this is vital I think it's vital for many of you guys to be in groups. I'm not, I'm not just trying to shout out groups. We need to think about many things as a group, as a team, as a squad. Work through this stuff together in community who, with people who are for you and people who want to walk with you, people who are praying for you, and are just saying, I'm with you. Sometimes we just need someone to stand there and say, I'm with you. I'm with you, Tim. I'm with you, man. And and some of us, you might need to see a counselor. I'm just throwing that out straight up. There, There's no, like... Don't be ashamed of that. Candace and I, we go to counseling here to there because we need it. Because sometimes our life is so bogged down with so many issues. We're like, we need to get this out, on the, on, uh, out of the deep and into the surface, right? So that we can actually deal with some of the issues. So if you need professional help, uh, we, we will help you get that too. Because sometimes we need to take next steps. Putting that there. And I'm not speaking as an expert. I'm just see- speaking as a fellow journeyman with you. I'm journeying this with you because for me emotional health was not on my radar and I thought oh if I can just squish it down right we we Asian that up just don't do emotions John don't do emotions and this is for true of true for many of us we have different methods of not dealing with some deep things going on in us many of us and, and and I'm speaking to us right now many of us we were discipled right And many of us, we grew up in church, and we were discipled informationally, right? We were discipled socially, being groups, right? Being community, like people are for you. We were discipled in serving, going to urban outreach, helping out with youth or in children's, on mission trips, which are really good things. We were discipled intellectually, learning theology and doctrine and studying the gospels and memorizing scripture. And we were also discipled in in generosity, learning how to and tithes and offering, giving God your first fruits of everything that you produce, giving to the needy, being a part of building up the church in the way of generosity. We know how to worship. We were discipled by gentle worship, right? Lifting our hands to the Lord, man, giving God praise, singing to the Lord a new song, a life for his glory. But who has discipled you emotionally? How do we love God with all our heart? Is it just effort like, oh, I'm just loving you with all my heart? What if it goes much deeper than what we think? Discipling emotions might be something new, but we were told to, like, study the Bible, pray and fast. And in times of hardship, many of you guys were told to let go and let God, right? Don't listen to your emotions. Fake it till you make it. And I remember being told that a lot. Fake it till you make it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not making it i'm not making it i'm faking it in front of you like i'm making it then i'm going home and listening to dashboard confession and crying right <laughs> but, but here i was a christian for over a decade still dealing with the same issues think about that for your life are you dealing with the same issues you've been dealing with 10 years ago five years ago two years ago the same pain the same emotional hang-ups. And we run to the same things when we're in this, in this place. We either run away or we, we, some of us deal with seasonal things, right? The same sins and temptations in our lives. We have emotional triggers. You're like, no, I don't. Don't say that about me. You know, you know, it just comes up. Don't tell me what to do. Like these emotional triggers that start firing. How about you? I do. I know so many people who all of a sudden, I can get serious, just go into freak-out mode have meltdowns, go into deep, dark depression, into mental crisis, to th- cheat on their spouse, quit on God and family, quit on life because what's going on on the inside, not on the outside, they suppress, they ignore, they hide until, boom, they didn't see it coming. They didn't see it coming. Emotional crisis. We call it something else, but really, we don't know how to deal with our. We don't know what's going on in the inside. We call it, we label it all sorts of things. But it's a moment. It's another moment of lordship for our lives, really. If God redeems the whole person, are we keeping a part of our humanity from the hand of God? Maybe we need to look beneath the surface. And that's what I'm asking you to do today. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to run into this. But let's pray. pray. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, you're right here with us, God. Your spirit Your Holy Spirit is literally called the counselor, the paraclete, the one that walks with us, the one that is parallel with us. Some of us right now in this room, we don't know how to deal with ourselves, God. On the outside, we look great, but on the inside, we're dealing with so many questions and we don't know how to be honest. We are not self-aware to know how to deal with it, God. I pray, can you bring healing into this room? Can you be a way maker? For healing in this room, God. Healing in our marriages. Healing in relationships. God, will you reveal your son, Jesus, and change our lives holistically. Spirit, Lord God. Mind, soul, strength, and heart, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. 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 Please go in your Bibles to Mark 14. (laughs) All right. We celebrate the word of God. Because the word of God reveals Jesus and Jesus changes our lives. He does. This year, I got, to, before we get there, this year, I got to go, I had the privilege of going on an Alaskan cruise, right? And this is something my wife really wanted to do. No, she wanted to be on the beach. I forced this. This took a while. This, this was seven years in the making, right? I was like, this is wonderful. I got, to, I got to be in Glacier Bay. There was like these giant blue glaciers. And it sounded, when the glaciers would fall, it sounded like a crack of thunder, right? And then there would be icebergs all around us, and it was just this beautiful, beautiful moment. Candace thought it was all right. <laughs> she's like, she's like, it's all right. She, saw, she said, you owe me. <laughs> I said, I owe you nothing. Seven years. No, just kidding. I didn't say that, but it was amazing. It was breathtaking. These icebergs all around me, right? I started thinking, though, when these icebergs were coming by uh, the Titanic, I was like, you know, that 90% of the iceberg is underneath Canvas, I told her, because the Titanic didn't sink or what they saw on the surface, but what it was under the surface, and, I, and you heard about, about icebergs like that, 90% is under the surface, right, like that, and you're like, oh, that looks awesome, right, it's crazy, but what if people are like icebergs? What if people are like icebergs? That most of who we are lie beneath the surface. And I know for me, I work really, really hard to avoid this, right? I'm like, oh man my pains, and just being straight up, my childhood, I try to avoid my childhood. I think of, like, uh, like live, growing up in poverty, I try to avoid it, not really talk about it, or the parts of my life that really, really hurt, right, growing up in foster care, going through the court system, being a crazy teenager, all those things, I'm like, can we put that away for a while, because it brings the, these moments of pain, and it starts to interlock with your identity, and there's a whole lot of things that we need to go through, and it's uncomfortable, right? But spiritual maturity is more than the ability to manage pain and manage sin. I mean it. It's not saying, it's, it, it, well, when we're following Jesus, we're not doing sin management. It's much more than that. It's much more than that. Jesus leads us to true freedom from your past and my past. True freedom from anxiety. You're like, that, that's crazy, John. I don't, I don't believe that. Because some of us are so anxious. I'm telling you that God wants to free us from anxiety in that way in our relationships, freedom, some of us, we need to be freed from our family identity into God's new family identity, right, and it's uncomfortable, and and it feels vulnerable, because it is, right, it feels vulnerable, which for me is culturally weird, because I was told the opposite of this my whole life, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, right, my dad would constantly, I can hear his voice even now, what are you doing, telling these people, right, we, do, we don't do emotions well as a society. We don't. But I know this is for our good and for God's glory. And I'm praying for you. I've been praying for you for several days, fasting for you for several days. I've been fasting for different individuals in this room, too, for breakthrough in your lives. And that's the beginning, I believe, of emotional freedom, emotional honesty, and emotional health. So let's read our scripture, and we're going to run right in. Mark 14, 32 to 36. And they went to a place, the disciples, went to a place called Gethsemane. And he, Jesus, said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And and Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. Say greatly distressed. That's right. And he's troubled and he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. I, I, I look at this line, it seems so robotic to me. But just imagine Jesus saying this in real language. Like, I feel like I'm going to die. I cannot bear. I can't. This hurts so bad right now. I'm hurting so bad right now. And then he says, remain here and watch. Just, just stay with me. Going a little further, he literally falls on the ground and prays that if it were possible, the hour might pass for him. And he said, Abba. Father, Dad, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. That's God's word. Here is Jesus in his deepest agony, suffering, in the Garden of Gethsemane, which literally means olive press or the place of pressure. If I was going somewhere, I wouldn't go there, right? Right? He is feeling overwhelmed. This is what he's emoting. This is his emotions. He's overwhelmed. He's asking his closest friends, stay with me. Just stay with me. Help me. Just be here with me. You can, you can hear kind of a panic. You don't hear much panic in Jesus, but in this moment, you can sense the panic in his voice. He feels so overwhelmed. He's saying, stay with me. Just be here. Stand here with me. You might see this as just another Bible story, but I need you to get into this moment. This is just not a Bible story. This is what he's going through, right? Put put yourself in this moment. Sense it. He cries, my soul is sorrowful, very sorrowful, even unto death. I'm breaking. I'm dying here. He falls on the ground. Have you ever fell on the ground because it was hurting so bad that you literally just melt? I've been in situations, a couple of situations where, where people just melted. The first time I became a pastor... I got called to a hospital, and they said, uh, you know, she's going to make it. She's going to make it. A 14-year-old girl. And then I was there, and within minutes, they said, she's dying. She's dying. And the fa- you should have seen the melting going on. The weight was too much to bear. I remember uh, when your father passed away. My mother-in-law's father passed away. I was sitting in this room watching The phone call. Have you ever received a phone call? And it did the withering, your soul starts breaking. Your emotions are too heavy. Maybe it's words, it's cancer. Maybe it's the words, your parents were going through a divorce. Maybe the words, I'm no longer going to be with you. Or you lost someone that you love. And in that moment, it's so crushing. You literally fall to the floor you don't know how to breathe and it's very human i don't belittle those moments can we embrace even those moments because that's jesus's moment sometimes we read this and we're like oh he's just going through some stuff no he's not going through some stuff this is a moment that's so painful that the uh, that the writer mark is sharing right here that we i can't just pass by Verse 36, Jesus says something seemingly out of character. It's funny. It's not funny, but it's very strange to see Jesus out of character. I mean it. Right? Abba, dad, please, please. He says, you can do anything. You can do anything. Nothing's impossible for you. Take this cup from me. This is a very interesting moment. He's saying, I don't want to do your will. Think about how big of a statement that is. Is that a statement against God? I think it's a, a statement that shows his humanity and his honesty. He's not lying to God. He's not saying, oh, I wanna, I'm wanna, i going to man up and say something super spiritual when I'm really hurting right in here. And we do that sometimes as, as Christians or as church people or in our culture. In the moment where it's the worst, we just, oh, I, I want to say something right. And that's what I tried to do when I was in that hospital. I was like, what can I say? What can I say? What can I say? And all I, I just cried. I just cried. I cried with them. I was like... I, don't even, I told him, I don't even know what to say in this moment. I don't even know what to say. You see, Jesus' emotional pain, there's no faking. His desires didn't match God's will. Not trying to be a professional Christian here or spiritualize agony, but he was emotionally honest. Think about that. In his struggle, he let his father know. But then he says, Father, even in my distress... trust you. I think that's a big, that's where faith begins to kick in. You got to go through that process. You can't start from the end. You got to start from the beginning, right? Bringing the father into his emotions, into his questions, into his fear, into his pain, so that he can genuinely say to his father, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus doesn't push God away he rather does the opposite. He brings God into his pain. Think about that for a moment. What if God uses for us today our pain to get us to go beneath the surface? What if God can even redeem the worst moments of our lives? And that he can use those moments to bring us closer to him. In, in, in my years of experience most people will not do the hard work when they're going through it. Most people will wait. They won't take an honest look until they face enough discomfort. And we change our behavior, and it's up there, when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of changing. We change our behavior when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of changing. Some of us, we will wait until there's no other choice, until we are forced And I don't want that for you because I don't know how long that's going to take and how much damage we're going to do along the way of trying to man up. Trying to say, I got this, I got this, I got this. I believe we need to learn to what Jesus did, a better way to deal with our hurts, our brokenness, our broken dreams, our haunting memories. Because there's health today. I want to give you some steps to go beneath the surface. And this is also in the book, if you get it. I think this book has been uh, pretty monumental in my my life a couple years ago to really just put things out there and really deal with the things below, right? Number one, develop emotional awareness. Develop emotional awareness. And it doesn't just happen. You got to go through that process that Jesus is showing us, right? On the very night Jesus was headed to the cross, he took time to get away right? He, he, was, he was getting ready. He knew what was coming, right? He went to a desolate place to reflect and get honest before his father, and he was around those he loved. Think about what, just the thing, just the way he, he operates. Many times when ministry got so busy, he got away to be with his father and to be with those he loves. He actually did that so often after a long duration of work. I was studying this uh, this week, all week, and, and it was interesting because the word desolate place is the word wilderness. Wilderness. And, and most of us, we think the word wilderness, when we think of the word wilderness in the Bible, we think of a negative thing, right? Oh, man, I'm just going through my wilderness, right? I'm going through these wilderness times. Jesus, 40 days in the wilderness, met Satan, right? And then I started uh, uh, reading that everywhere he would go and go take off into the wilderness, Every time he got, he got tired, he'd go to the wilderness. I'm like, I thought the wilderness for, for Christians was a bad thing, right? So as I'm studying, it was 40 days Jesus was in the wilderness before he faced Satan. And many of us, we say he was at his weakest. But some theologians write he was at his strongest. 40 days he was praying and fasting and with the Father, walking with the Father. His physical man was weak, but his spiritual man was warrior status, right? Right? He was literally God mode, right? He was just in warrior status because he spent 40 days with God in the wilderness, spending time with him, just me and you. And that's how he started his ministry. And I was thinking, we need better rhythms of times to get away, to be with God. It's a privilege to be with God. It's, it's, a, it's not a have to. It's, a, it, it's, not a, it's not a have to. It's a have to. You've got to do it. I know. It's not like, oh, John, I'm, he's forcing me. No, I'm not trying to force you. It's a have to for your life. We, we live in such a busy world that we are melting, and we don't even know it. We just stuff it in. Stuff it away. I can do it later. I can do it. How many times do we say, I'll do that later? Right? Over and over. It's so busy. Right? Turn off your iPhone 11s, y'all. The extra camera is not that awesome. Right? <laughs> Be with your father. Luke 5:16 says, "But Jesus, Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place." The word is a desolate place, an arid place, and prayed. Often he did this. He was emotionally aware, and this takes practice. And some of us are better than others, but here's a good tip for us to start to be emotionally aware. Tip number one is like,? Right, it, 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 it's like, watch your physical like, reactions. Pay attention to your physical body. Are you getting sick all the time? Right? Or there, Is there moments where you have this knot in your stomach or this tension headache or you start grinding your teeth or foot tapping or you have insomnia? I have insomnia quite a bit when I'm stressed out. I'm just up, like staring at the ceiling, and then I listen to something, and then I get into it, and then it's like 4 o'clock in the morning, right? And, I, and, and what, what is our body actually telling us when we're going through this? It's saying, listen up. There's some stress in your life you've got to talk about, you've got to deal with. It. Be brutally honest with yourself. Check your intentions and then practice that practice self-awareness is so huge and we'll get get there Uh, and this is not the message for it but i want to talk about that god must rule every area of who you are i'm gonna say that god must rule every area of your life not just the things you we deem spiritual every area mind soul strength and heart heart our heart Number two, ask the why questions. This is not fun, all right? This is not fun, but we, need, we should do this. In John 4, Jesus meets this Samaritan woman, and he just goes off on, he doesn't tell her what to do. He just starts going, giving her the whys. He says, why are you at the well in the middle of the day? And he knows. And you're not giving God any additional information, but sometimes we need to say why out loud. Why are you running from husband to husband? Why are you avoiding people? Why are you trying to change the subject right now, even when I'm asking why questions? You ever find yourself trying to change the subject when someone gets a little too deep? And we know, we're so trained, we're so good at this guiding, right? How about you? How are you doing, right? Oh, well, I'm doing good. How about you? Immediately, if something's going wrong, I do the turnaround. I do the turnaround. How about you, right? But it, it, we need to why and chip at that iceberg. Maybe for you is, why are you in such a hurry? Why is success such a big deal for you? Why is having stuff such a big deal for you? Why are you always anxious? Why do you get upset so fast? Why do you avoid people like that? Why do you avoid church? Why are you so devastated when fill in the blank, right? I hate when people come at me. I, I, I immediately, anger fills up so fast. I'm like, why am I like that? Why am I so defensive with my pride? These are things I'm working with. Why, why am I like that? Why do I melt immediately? Why am I so triggered? Asking why questions takes awareness uh, to an analysis. That's what you're doing. You're analyzing, right? Getting beneath the surface. And you, you're testing why, or why am I going there? Why am I so hateful? Why am I so fearful? Blaise Pascal, a French mathematician scientist, he said, all men's miseries derive from not being able to sit in a quiet room alone. You can't, you can face everything, but you can't face yourself. I feel like it's very true. Some of us, we will, we can face other people, but we are not self-aware enough to face ourselves. It's too because we know, we know us. We know us, right? We can face many things, but can we face ourselves and bring ourselves honestly before God? Number three, connect the gospel to emotional health. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, God made him who knew no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The gospel is this, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared to believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus than we ever dared to hope. I love that. I love that. Yes, there's ugliness and wickedness in our hidden hearts. Horrible stuff, stuff we don't want to tell anyone. If we had a TV screen on our heads that told all our thoughts, we would turn that off constantly. We wouldn't even want to watch our own story, right? If there was TV screens on high school kids and middle school kids, you would not want to see that, right? You're like, turn that off immediately, right? There's some ugliness in us, yet the gospel says this. We are fully known by God, yet fully loved. It is just, man. I can't even imagine that. Think about that with me. You are fully known. Every bit of your darkness is known to God. Even dark is light to you. That's what David says about God. Yet you are fully loved. I'm going to say it again. You are fully known. Some of us, if this does not hit, hit home, the gospel will never break through. You are fully loved. God knows that you have those questions. God knows you're suffering from addiction. God knows that your marriage is on the rocks. God knows those thoughts of lust, those moments where you just want to give up on life. God knows our depression. God knows our weaknesses, yet you are fully loved. That's the gospel. The gospel is that. You know what? It's not about our goodness. It's not that we're awesome. It's that God is awesome. That's the good news. That's the good news. And if that's the good news that we're fully known and fully loved, then we can be free to tell him everything that's going on. We can be free to totally be with him. In the Garden of Eden, it's very funny because they were naked and unashamed. But think about that even in a, even a, a, a theological way. They were totally open with God, and it was good. It was all good. God saw every part of their lives. They weren't hiding nothing. Nothing, because they were set apart for him. I saw this meme going around, this dad meme, uh, and some of you guys put it up. It says, religion says, I messed up. My dad is going to kill me, but the gospel says, I messed up. I need to call my dad. That is the way to see God's love for you. God's love for you is so different. It's not because you owe him anything. He loves you. You were set apart from him. Get rid of, don't, you don't need to f- fake it out. That's number four. Get rid of that fake you. Hashtag no filter, right? Not only on days you don't wear makeup. That Facebook image, right? The public person that we present to everyone, which is a five year old picture where we were skinnier and, and a lot better, right? I was looking at my picture. I was like, that's like five years old, <laughs> right? That's the best version of me. And, I, and, I'm, and we have this Instagram status, right? Christians, we're especially prone to faking it because we are inclined to get religious. That's, in, that's, that's something in us. And I believe in holiness wholeheartedly, and we're set apart, we're consecrated. But listen, the process does not look the same for everyone. It doesn't. Don't force maturity that isn't there. But we do need to walk along, people. I'm not saying stay in your mess, but I'm, I'm saying can I walk with you? Some of us, instead of pointing, let's walk together. Let's join hands, Right. Don't force maturity, but walk with them. Don't force people to fake it. So I think the worst thing we can do is fake it till we make it. I really mean this. I think this is one of the greatest downfalls uh, of the Christian church. It's we fake it till we make it, which means we lack honesty with our struggles. We lack honesty hiding our mess, pushing, our, pushing up successes and pushing down failures, right? Lying to ourselves, lying to others, lying to the face of God. And, and, and which in turn forces other people around us. If Monica's just uh, hyping herself up all the time, then I feel like, um, I'm doing good too, Monica. Like, my life is awesome. Like, how awesome, right? But I feel like a pressure to meet up with where she is, right? And then if I do that and you do that and we do that, then everyone starts faking it. And none of us will make it. I think that this... This, this, this false version of ourselves that we are so used to presenting is hurting the, the, the depth and, and the love of the church. I really, really mean it. Maturity means having humility to be one true self, warts and all, messy house and all, right? It also means rejecting the tendency to present ourselves complete and whole. Like, I got this, I got this, I got this acknowledging that we're a work in progress my goal for these several weeks my goal for you is freedom in christ freedom that we would take the message of the gospel and place it into our even our emotions our emotions do you know why you have emotions as we're closing today do you know why you have emotions it's because you're made in the image of god god has emotions that's right you're made in the image of God. Don't alienate your emotions. Instead, start bringing every part of your life to God, every part. You know why some of you feel so emotionally dead? Because we, we trained ourselves that way. Because I am. I'm like an, I'm like, unless I'm in the presence of God, I'm like a robot. And I, I tell my, my wife, like, I'm so sorry that you're married to mostly a robot, <laughs> Right? There's moments I tell you, I explain to you, like, the moment I wanted to cry at my daughter's birth and both my other sons, I wanted to cry. So I held my baby in my arms because the, the, my friends were saying I couldn't, I couldn't stop myself from crying. So I wanted this moment for myself. I was, like, I was like, I held this baby in my arms, and I was like, cry, John. Cry. This is a joyous moment. I was like, no. Here we go. Here's the baby. I was like, man, there's something broken in me. I've done this so long. I have pressed and suppressed and suppressed and suppressed for so long. Like, I'm asking God to give me emotions. That's my prayer. Isn't that nuts? Because I know something's broken. And I know, and maybe it was all the things that I had to do to survive when we were young. And some of you, that's what you had to do. You grew up in homes that you had to survive. You had to survive. That's what I had to do. Right? Right? You had to be tough. You had to survive. You had to deal with addiction in front of you. You had to deal with abuse. You had to deal with a home that you felt so insecure, right? And so we built in us this thing that's broken. But I want to teach you how it it feels, emotions, how it feels to belong to the family of God. I want to teach you how it feels to be loved by a father that loves you so deeply, so radically, that you don't need to fix yourself. That is the gospel of Jesus. That is what Jesus is about. It's not saying, do this, don't do that, do this. No, he's after your freedom. He's after your freedom. I don't want you to be dealing with the same version of you year after year after year when there's freedom and when there's joy. God is about joy. When you read about the Garden of Eden, there's so much joy, right? You're like, oh, my goodness, I can't imagine being with you, God, and being with each other. Joy. I want that for you. All over Scripture, we see that. What God delights. God delights. That's right. That's an emotion. God sings over you. That's emotion. Have you ever sung over your children? I sing over my children sometimes. And they're like, shut your mouth, Dad. You're embarrassing me. Right? But I sing over them because I am so delighted with my children. But what Jesus did is he didn't keep God at bay. He brought God into his emotions. He brought God into his pain. He brought God into his situation. And that's what I want you to do. Can we stand today? Can we pass that out? We have communion today, and communion to me takes us to the cross. It is. It represents the cross, but it also represents a meal at the family table. Think about that. God wants you at his table, and he wants to provide for you a life that sustains you. It comes from him. You can just pass. Here, I'll take this. A meal that sustains you. I love that communion is an idea around the table. Because when I think of the table, it's good stuff, right? It's good stuff. Moments of intimacy, moments of great conversation. I want that for you. Some of you guys get into a group. I mean it. They eat. They eat in there. It's good. But I believe the Father is asking you to come to his table. We've been at a lot of tables. But can we walk to the table of God? And you start bringing God into everything that we're doing. Will you allow God in? Some of you, you're struggling with comparison or forgiveness or abandonment. Some of us are identity. Will you invite God in to those moments because you have been abandoned. You don't need to fake like you haven't been abandoned. Dad did leave. Mom did leave. And you got to deal with that. You do. You can't fake it, right? Whatever that God doesn't transform in us, we transfer to someone else. We do stop hiding it invite God in like Jesus did some of us were struggling with addiction and lust and past failures and the next time you mess up I want you to invite God in yeah invite God in even to your pornography addiction in that moment here I am struggling with relational intimacy and in my relationship and immediately I go into fantasy and pornography God I'm right here God even in this moment can you help me God, uh, this is why I struggle like this. Can can God heal you even there? Escaping into drinking some of us, taking our pain on others, or numbing ourselves by stuffing it down or hyping ourselves up. We do these things, and they're not things that we do because that's what we want to do, but these are ways that we defend, the defense of our emotions that we were told to our whole life. Listen. In the book of uh, Psalms, all over it says, a broken and a contrite spirit or a contrite heart, God will not deny you. If you come honest before God, he will not deny you. Actually, he is excited to be with you. This week, can we take another step? And on the bulletins, there's these questions. You can go through them with your groups, and we will, some of us tonight. And for others, we need to go through this alone, but I, I think you should be part of a group and begin the work of emotional health. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread which represented his body, which represented his love, which represented the sacrifice, which represented the law that the Jewish people had to abide by, and there had to be a sacrifice, a covering, a brokenness, and he took bread and he broke it, and he said, this is my body, broken for you. Broken for you. Think about that moment. This is my body, broken for you. Whenever you come together, whenever you're having a meal in my name, do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. that same night he took the cup and the cup that represented in the garden is our sin. When you look at that cup, you see the darkness of that cup and it represents the covering of Jesus Christ on the cross. And He took the cup and he said, this is my blood for the new covenant. I'm starting something new with you guys. Every time you get together, when you're around the table, take the cup together and do this Remembrance of me. Know that you are forgiven not by your works. Know that you're forgiven not because you're put together. You're forgiven because I love you. That is the strength that strengthens every part of us. Let's take the cup together. Heavenly Father, thank you I pray for healing going on right now. I pray for your word to go forth, Lord God, and not return void, Lord. That we would see your life, Lord God, the way you walked with the Father. And help us learn how to become part of the family of God too, Lord God. Lord, let the past be resolved, Lord God. Not just because we say it's a result, but we want to work that through you. Our failures, Lord God, we bring them to you, Lord God. Our sins, we bring you in on it too, Lord God. And that's when we can say, God, in these moments, not my will, God. but your will be done. I trust you with those tender parts of my life, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Give God praise. If you guys want to be seated for just a moment.
1: Oh, man, that was so good. Um, I'm going to have the ushers come forward. Um, and if I don't cry, I'm talking about emotion, because every time I get up here, I cry. But it's good, right? Like, crying's good. Um, I, I appreciate Paul when he gets up here, because we are like the people who cry, because John lacks emotion. But, um, but maybe I won't cry, because I cried so much during that Waymaker song. Um, love that song. That song just destroys me. Um, and I was thinking about that that song, and in, in, in it's reference to even offering. Uh, waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. When I think of, like, our finances, sometimes we really struggle in letting go of that that piece of, can I trust you in my finances? Uh, but he is the waymaker. He will make a way for whatever your financial situation is. He will make a way, and he will provide and he will work miracles, man. I mean, even in your finances, he will work miracles. But you've got to surrender that peace. See, I'm close to crying, but I think there's a little bit left. Um, and he's he's a promise keeper. He's faithful to himself. And I think I talked about that last time. Um, and that's something i got to remind myself all the time. Like, I might ask God why this or why that. Um, but I have to, I've got to know and trust and believe that, like, he is faithful to himself first. Um, so we're going to. Just take offering and just know that it's, it's not just the 10%, it's really being generous. We want to be known as a generous church. Um, we want to be known as generous individuals and um, whatever that looks like, all different places and um, man, you just got to be in prayer about it. You got to be faithful to what God is telling you to do. But if you're not praying about it, you're not going to know and you're going to be doing it out of the flesh. So uh, pray about it, but we're going to pray it right now and take offering. Father God, Lord, I just thank you so much, um, God, for that sermon. God, just for us to dig deep into the, the parts that are can be painful and tough and ugly to look at and think about. So, God, we just pray that you would um, help us to invite you in. And, um, God, even in the area of our finances, God, we just pray that sometimes that we don't want to relinquish that. But, God, I just pray that you give us the strength and the humility to let go and surrender that to you, God, and trust you in our finances. And we just ask, ask this in your name, amen. So we got a couple announcements. We've got uh, a class coming up. It is called Cultivate. And if you want to know more about how to study your Bible, you want to know more about um, just how to just deepen your relationship and discipleship and all these things that are maybe a little bit beyond like the basics, uh, we're going to start a class. Hannah is going to start a class on October 20th, and it's a four-week class, so it'll go through November 10th. Um, it's how to implement discipleship and how to f- further your walk with God. So that's going to be here at uh, starting, again, October 20th at 6, 8, and no, sorry, I think it's at 7.30 a.m., but you can register, what, 8.30, sorry, 8.30, uh, and you can sign up at uh, My Hill City or in the lobby next week, though Hannah will be out there for signups. And then we also have um, community dinner, which is going to be starting Rico and Monica are going to be kind of leading that thing, and it's going to be here at the church. We're really just trying to reach out and meet the community, um, so if you want to be a part of that and just come help just the city of Thornton, where we're at located, just build relationships and get to know the people here, um, that is going to 6 p.m., and October 21st is going to be the first one right here, so if you want to join in on that, uh, we would love to have you guys come serve with us. So that. Thank you guys. Have a great Sunday and we'll see you next week.